all across the seven kingdoms and the free cities. Welcome back to yet another episode of an Evolved Review. I'm your host, James Caleb Kitchens, and today, returning to the show straight from Coffee and Lore, we have Lauren. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to be back talking about my favorite topic. We are talking about our favorite thing. Before we get into that, though, I do want to do a little housekeeping. Uh, last time you were on, I uh, you know, told all of our listeners to go and check out your channel. I hope they've been doing that. I've been keeping up with the stuff you've been posting over there. So. Thanks so much. Yeah, I mean, we've grown quite a bit in the last month or so. I am pushing up on a like a goal that I had set for myself. So I'm super excited, and I appreciate everybody coming over and checking it out. Well, that is excellent. If anybody's listening to this episode and hasn't checked it out yet, I'll put the link in the description. Um, another thing that I want to talk about before we get into the main event um, is uh, you recently finished a book that you did a, a review on, um, and uh, you you have started calling it your favorite book, which for you, I mean, for someone who reads as much as you do, that's a massive title to give someone. Uh, and you recommended it to me, uh, and that is the uh, Priori of the Orange Tree. Um, and the reason I'm bringing it up on this show is that you and I have talked about actually doing a review of it right here once I finally finish reading it. Absolutely. Priory of the Orange Tree is just incredible writing. Um, Samantha Shannon is the author, and for someone who has accomplished as much as she has at her age in her written work it's just incredible and if you like fantasy and dragons aka kind of a lot of the same things that are going on in this show i highly recommend priory of the orange tree it's just absolutely fantastic work and 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 it is it is a thick book i'm i'm gonna go ahead and tell you it is a it's a hefty read um, but, uh, I am definitely going to brave that. And once we get, once I get through it, um, you know, I think that's going to be our first, our first, it's probably going to be our first, uh, book review here on the show, which is, is long overdue, I think. It is because I know you're a reader as well. And, you know, there's all kinds of forms of entertainment. So I'm super excited to, to delve into that with you. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm hyped about it. Um, I uh, am hoping I can get it squeezed in before the new Mistborn book comes out at the end of November. But if I don't, I'm sure I'm going to probably sit down and read that in probably like two days and just be glued to it. Uh, so depending on when it gets to me. But uh, either way, that that's how the end of my November is going to be spent is with my nose in one or both of those books. Either way. That's a good way to spend November. I am trying to get caught up before the next Mistborn book. Um, I've got, you know, I loved number one. I've got two and three on my shelf. And they were looking me in the face today because I'm reorganizing my whole bookshelf setup and putting some lights up on it. And so they were staring at me in the face today. And I was like, you know what? I'm sick of waiting on Baron. I just need to crack this one open. Yeah, for sure, because uh, uh, a, a mutual acquaintance of ours that has read them all, I, I think both of us are uh, just sort of standing by waiting on you to finish uh, them so we can talk to you about all the things. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. 
But hey, I mean, you know, it's it, it goes both ways. I, I know you're waiting on me to finish Orange Tree so we can do the same thing. So I am. I read it in like I think I said nine days. So you're slacking, Caleb. I am, uh, but <laughs> but I, I you know I le- I read slower than you. So like I said, it, it if if I finish it this year, uh, considering that I'm also trying to write, and admittedly, um, some of my listeners are going to roll their eyes here, but you know I'm playing wow like current wow and classic at the same time Uh, i don't know how i got here but here we are so i don't know how i picked that game back up either but we are where we are it's because of wrath of the lich king it really is everyone loves it but speaking of speaking of kings uh the main event tonight of course if you clicked on this episode uh, it is episode nine of House of the Dragon, and I'm not gonna make anybody wait till the end. I'm just gonna come right out and say it. This is my favorite episode so far. Oh, really? It was good. It was an all green episode. So, you know, my my black heart it it missed my favorite characters, but it was definitely a good episode. Yeah, I so it being called the Green Council and it being the the fabled episode nine, um, Stan was on last week and we talked a little bit about you know how episode nine is always the episode um, for not only Game of Thrones but it's that's a kind of a re- recurring theme in most HBO like original series anyway like the the episode right before the finale the penultimate episode is always like the big episode and then the finale is usually like a lot of fallout or set up for the next season. Uh, but no, here absolutely. we got a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not super, um, really the only HBO shows that I watch are the Martin HBO shows. I, I don't know. I guess I haven't delved into a lot of them. Um, I'm trying to think of even another one with Sopranos HBO. Uh yeah, I think so. Okay. Um yeah, see, I have never seen Sopranos, which shocks most people. So I've actually I've actually never seen Sopranos either. Um, which also shocks most people. Um <laughs> but I am a huge, huge fan of Euphoria. Um that is uh yeah, so we might have to talk about that off mic. <laughs> we will have to, because I, I keep seeing the stuff for it, but I've never delved in. Yeah, it's very, um, ah, it's just, it's, it's edgy. I mean, it's, uh, uh, let me just say this. There's, there's an episode where, uh, one of the characters, like, starts coming up with, uh, some pretty smutty One Direction fanfic in their head, and they, like, animate it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's fantastic though. Wow, I'm missing out on something in my life. Yeah, it also uh it it, uh, it, it holds the world record uh the show does for the most number of penises in an episode of television. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so. Well. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So, yeah, I it's it's it, it's a it, it's a very well-written show. I mean, it's it's the the dialogue is just anyway, anyway, we'll uh, I don't want to go. I don't want to go too far down the euphoria bandwagon. <laughs> no, absolutely. But episode nine was a solid, solid development episode. They really are setting up that season finale for sure because they had a ton going on. They really did. Uh, 
you know, I think I messaged you during the episode and I was like, they have to stop playing this music because it reminded me of the, the theme that they played for Cersei, like when she blew up the sept in yes. Game of Thrones. Yeah. And the whole time, like, it's just that, like, things were happening and, like, it wasn't quite to the, you know, the bloody scale that, like, Game of Thrones had where it's just like, oh, well, we're going to kill everyone who disagrees with us. But every time they play that music, I'm like, is it about to get so much worse? Because it was making me anxious. No, absolutely. Absolutely. The score for this show is fantastic because I think it wanted to make you anxious. Yeah, they did a great job with the score. Um, and music is so important to me in like everything. And it's it's something that I've kind of sat down and started analyzing more and more as I watch different uh, different things. And so now it's it's something I really look, look out for, you know. Uh, and in this show, I mean, Game of Thrones has always had an incredible score. Oh, fantastic. I don't know if it's the same person doing the Game of Thrones score as is doing this House of Dragons score, but whoever it is, they're doing a fantastic job and, and they flow really well. Like it has a Game of Thrones feel on the House of Dragons score, if you if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh the and, and you know, a lot of that I think comes down to them, you know, keeping the music and it is uh it is the um the same composer. Um, I, I'm not going to attempt to say his name because I'll, I'll, I'll butcher it. <laughs> got it. Got it. Is it like a Russian or Polish looking name? Uh, so I'll, I'll try it. It's, uh, I think Raman Jawadi. Um, oh. that's close. I think, uh, it's, it sounds a lot more like a, uh, uh, like maybe like, uh, Indian or somewhere in there, somewhere in that region, but I'm not entirely Fantastic. sure. Fantastic. Well, he's doing an incredible job, whoever he is. And he, he is, and he also, um, uh, just another uh, HBO show that I'm really fond of that has an amazing score, he also does the music for Westworld. Um, and, and so, yeah, he's he's fantastic. I have only done the first season of that one. Uh, so, as it turns out, and this is just because my brain couldn't help but look it up, he's actually half Iranian, half German. I would not have guessed that about anyone. So... <laughs> Um, you know, actually, Germany is notorious for having a lot of immigrants and things like that. When I, my second stint living there in the um, 2000s, they are very welcoming people to all nationalities. And they're, they actually, doesn't surprise me that he's half Iranian, half German. Well, here we are. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> he, you know, here, here, we've arrived here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he did an incredible job, um, with, uh, the score as always. And, you know, that first like council meeting. So at the beginning, uh, you know, when they showed the little kid, I was like, did we do another fucking time skip and I have to learn another Targaryen child's name? But it was actually just a kid that worked in the castle. For once, we actually didn't get any time skip at all. Like this episode picks up right after Viserys dies. And I think that that did it a lot of favors as far as like it having a really good flow because most of these episodes we spend the first 30 seconds to three minutes trying to figure out how much time has passed. Absolutely. And HBO tried to trick us too, because that tiny little kid was in the preview for this episode and he was not very important. 
Yeah. But yeah, they, they tried to make us think he was going to be important. And I've been racking my brain all week. I even picked up my book and tried to go through it, trying to figure out who this child was going <laughs> to be. Yeah, that's uh, I didn't watch the preview for this episode, thankfully. I did watch the preview for the next episode. We could talk about that at the end. But uh, it looks like we are in for quite a finale. I know my smoking hot Rhaenyra and some armor. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, she's, uh, well, I'm sorry. They are growing on me. Um, well, Rhaenyra is a she, the actress. Yeah, but. but it's I'm, they, yep. Yeah, it's, it's they. And uh, they are growing on me as an actress playing Rhaenyra. So, uh, I'm so glad. I hope I had a little to do with that because I was trying to nudge you because I, I am a fan of, of that particular actor. They're they're um, uh, they're doing a lot better. I think it, it. I what it comes down to is that the original actress was so like good and had so much chemistry on the screen and everything. But I think that as the as the as the story calls for Rhaenyra to be more and more. I don't want to say brutal, but I would I would say more sort of like battle hardened. Um, and you know, I, I think that, um, that it's going to kind of work out a little bit better as far as like the chemistry on, on screen. I think the chemistry with Damon is already there and that's probably what's really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Matt Smith just has such good chemistry with so many of the co-stars. I really, I give it up to him because everything i see him in i'm like oh he's got great chemistry with that actress oh he's got great chemistry with that actor i just love matt smith though yeah yeah i i think he has grown his fan base immensely um with this show uh especially um so this episode we get the small council meeting where we're talking about what's going on with the series and very quickly and i loved how they did this it devolves into, okay, the king's dead, the doors are locked, and then Otto's just like, yeah, the king's dead, and he said Aegon should be the heir, and immediately, like, half the small council reveals, okay, we've been in on this the whole time. Um, so it's Tylen Lannister, um, uh, of course, Kristen Cole um, is in on it, and who was the other person that was sitting directly to Alicent's left? Oh my goodness! She threatened um, to send him to the wall. Um, the darker-skinned um, gentleman, yes. I cannot think of his name at the moment. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Um, so the people that weren't in on it though was like the Grand Maester. Mm -hmm. He's there, and he's sitting next to Lord Beesbury, and he's not in on it. And then the Lord Commander no. was not in on it, and Alicent no. also, surprisingly. So, I will tell you, one of the biggest differences between the book, Fire and Blood, and the show is how they have decided to play Alicent. Alicent is a lot crueler and a lot more vindictive and a lot more manipulative in the book than she is in this show. This show is really trying to make you almost feel for her, see her side of things, or at least show her slightly torn in any of her decision making. In the book, she does not. She is not torn. She is not unsure. 
and and it's working. I I gotta say, I mean, it, it's definitely working because you could completely understand how she would interpret what Viserys was saying to her because she doesn't know about the Song of Ice and Fire, and it's like she really does believe that she's carrying out his wishes, and the way that the show is playing it, it's like she doesn't want to murder Rhaenyra. She le- and like she legitimately had feelings for Viserys and was legitimately upset at his death. And she's just like, I want to put Aegon on the throne, but I want to do it with the least amount of bloodshed possible. And I think that it really, um, I think it's really working. I mean, I really like uh, Alicent in this show, and and this episode I think made me like her even more. Yeah, leave it to HBO to make me almost like a character. I swore, if you would have told me a year ago that I would like Alicent Hightower, I would have told you you were absolutely nutty. Because she is just evil. But the way that HBO has spun it, I mean, I almost feel for her. It's hard for me to completely turn off my hatred because, like, I like I know the other Allison, you know what I mean? Right. But this one, I mean, I understand where she's coming from. I mean, when I watch The Witcher, right, that's how I feel about Yennefer because I, like, show Yennefer, I, like, you know, I empathize with and I really like the actress and... You know, I think she does a great job, but then, like, video game Yennefer, I'm just like, I hate you so much. Book Yennefer, awful. Book Yennefer's awful. I don't yeah. care for her. From what I understand, book Yennefer and video game Yennefer are pretty, pretty like, close. Very manipulative, like, the whole nine yards, yeah. Yeah. Like, I got the idea from the video games that she mm-hmm. really, like, you wonder if she ever even really gave a shit about Geralt. And then in the in the show, it's like, no, she definitely does. So. Yep. Even in the show, though, I can't get on the Yennefer train. <laughs> I'm not necessarily on the train, but I don't just, <laughs> like, I I just, I like her, but then it every time I, you know, get to where it's like, oh, man, that's such a great Yennefer scene. It's just like, oh, but the, but the, mm-hmm. the, the actual character. <laughs> So yeah, I can I can see where you're at with Allison here. Um, there's a couple characters in this show that I just like. I want to hate them, but I just can't. And those like Otto is one of them, and um, Amond is the other. Amond is one for me. Even in the book, I couldn't hate Amond. Um, there's a couple of scenes where you kind of get what he's saying. Like, it's very much, we're sticking with a very common theme in this series of Second Born Sons, and he would have made a much better king than Aegon. And, you know, he his, just his frustrations with just the fact of his birth order is literally keeping him from sitting on the Iron Throne and He's just a better fit for it. I actually do think that Amond would be a good king. Now, do I think he would definitely authorize the murder of all of the blacks? Yes, definitely, because he there's no way he would let uh, Rainier and Damon stay alive. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And also, 
in the book, Alicet is Team Kill the Blacks. Right, yeah. I so, mean... that was a big difference, and I was like, like I said, watching the episode, it was a little bit like, huh, okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Eamon definitely seems like, and and even even though he is that way, it's like he was definitely raised from birth to hate them, you know, like, and Allison is culpable in that because she raised them that way, you know. I mean, we we even got to see scenes of her telling Aegon, like, "Hey, look, uh, if Rhaenyra ascends to the Iron Throne, she'll have no choice but to kill you." You know, and how do you how do you tell a child that and then expect them to, you know, play nice with that side of the family? No, absolutely. That's the whole thing. Aemon, Aegon, all of them, they're a creature of how they were raised. And I think with Aegon, I think we have another, like, Joffrey on our hands, pretty much. Yeah. I <laughs> honestly would almost agree. Um... The thing with Aegon that differs him from Joffrey is Joffrey really wanted that throne to sit on that throne. Aegon right. doesn't want that throne. He, he Aegon doesn't. wants absolutely nothing to do with it. But he doesn't want it. But at the end of the episode, when all those people are like cheering for him, I kind of get the feeling like watching that, that in that moment, he's like, Oh, I could get used to this. In that moment, yeah. But about two seconds later, he don't want it no more again. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anybody that would in, in that exact instance. Uh, so let's talk about that small council meeting. I don't want to I don't want to just float by it. So Kristen Cole murders another person in broad daylight in front of everyone. How that man is still walking around, I will never, ever ever understand like I, yeah I, I, I just don't get it i guess like he just has like you know just wide open authority to do whatever the hell he wants um he has that uh penal immunity or something right. i don't know what's going on <laughs> yeah i mean the the lord commander seemed like he was gonna cut him down for a second and then he was just like look, I'm not going to have any part of this, and leaves. And I got to just imagine that uh, Harold Westerling has to be a badass because no one, he, Kristen included, tried to stop him. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't let anyone else leave. But he was just like, yeah, here's my cloak, I'm out. And no one even tried. Nope, nope. Um, and I love that actor. Oh, oh he did an um, amazing his, job. Yeah, his name is Graham McTavish. And, um... He's from Outlander is where I kind of really started to get to know him. And then um, he is very good friends with the lead character of Outlander, that actor, um, guy named the guy by the name of Sam Hogan. And they actually are like best friends and they go on a bunch of road trips. They have like a star series where they road trip and drink through Scotland where they're from. Just really cool, cool actor. I I really need um I I need him in like the next like Kingsman movie. No, he would be, he would be fantastic in that. Absolutely, I'm a huge Graham McTavish fan. Yeah, I don't know if you ever saw the um uh the show uh, Preacher, but he was fantastic in that too. 
I've seen bits and pieces of it. I believe my husband watched that one, but I mean, I, you know me, I read so much that I get very little actual television and movie watching done, unfortunately. It's fair I gotta enough. be picky. It's fair enough. Um, so after the small council meeting, we, you know, they start kind of locking down anybody who, uh, isn't team green. And, uh, you know, part of this is them, uh, locking, uh, Rainice in her room. Uh, what did you think about that, that they just kind of decided to hold her captive? I definitely believe that it would have happened because they couldn't just let her out. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, even though we find out later that word is already getting out. Right. Um, whenever they go looking for Aegon's crazy self, they find out that word is already somehow getting out of the castle. But they really didn't have any other choice but to lock her up because they needed to, if they were going to take control of this situation... They had to, like, gate up, foot down, like, figure out a plan of action. Right. They had a very small window to get Egan like, on that throat. Yeah, I mean, if they hadn't found him, I mean, someone could have killed him. <laughs> Absolutely, know. somebody could have killed him. Uh, his loony tomb behind could have run away off to who knows where. Um, multiple things. He could have been kept as like a um, hostage, you know. I mean, he kind of was. Over to the blacks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He was held hostage to a degree. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What is her name? Misandra? No. No. Uh. What's the? There's a uh like a nickname. It's uh. The White Worm, isn't it? Yeah, right, right, yeah. That's what, I, I think in the book, she's called the White Worm. Um, But she's got a name because she was Damon's mistress at one point. Right. Um, But yeah, so thankfully she found him and was willing to cut a deal. That scene was so interesting because, you know, when, uh, when Otto says, I will remember, it's played, like, kind of vaguely, right? So it's like, you don't know if he's like, I will remember, as in, I'm going to come back here and have you killed. Or if he's like, I will remember, as in, this is a useful alliance for me. Yeah, um, I'm not really sure either way either. But I get what you're saying, like, the way that he played that. of He wants her, like, he said it with such surety. And the way he said it, he wants it to be on her mind, too. Like... Right. Whether it's going to be, I'm going to come back and kill you, or whether or not I'm going to come back and do you a favor. I want you to just remember that I'm a remember, that you're remembering type of deal. You know <laughs> what I mean? You better remember that I remember that we remember. Together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, that, that whole scene I thought was really good. But, I mean, Otto pretty much, I mean, he just, he's almost perfect in every scene to me. Um, Who just is the way that, that actor? Uh, his he's got a weird name. It's a uh, uh, Reese uh, if uh, Ifans or Ifans, Reese Ifans. I've never seen him in anything else, but I agree. He's done a fantastic job as Otto. I believe he's the same actor from the very first episode, and they aged him well. And I just think that he's done he's done a really good job. 
So the thing that he's probably most famous for being in. Um, so uh, do you remember? Did you ever see the first Amazing Spider-Man movie that they came out with? Not the not the Tobey Maguire, but the first Andrew Garfield. There's like I a giant so. lizard man in it. Okay. Yeah, he's the the lizard man. Oh. Okay. Yeah, he, he's there in his human form, but you know he turns into the giant lizard. He's also in No Way Home, the the most recent Spider Man. Um, I did see No Way Home. Yeah, so, so he's the lizard guy in that. Look. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. No, I know which lizard guy you're talking about now. Okay. Yeah, like, but I think he just he just voices the the character yeah. in the movie. But in or, or in that movie, but in the original Spider movie, he was like Doctor Connors or whatever as himself, and then he transforms into the lizard. So makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah uh, I was gonna say I only I didn't recognize him because I only saw him in his lizard form in No Way Home. Yeah, that's the only thing like major, major that I think he's been in that I can recall. Um, but he's definitely been in some other stuff, and I'm sure someone is a. Uh, is probably like screaming, screaming at us right at now. Us right now. Uh, well, okay. So here's one thing. Uh, he was in. Um, he was in one of the Harry Potter movies. Uh, he oh. played. Yeah, he plays. Uh, he plays Luna's dad. Shut up! He is Luna's dad. Yeah. yeah okay. So, yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. That's it. Throw He's a blonde a wig on him, and he is unrecognizable. Yep. And he was also in the uh, elementary TV show that the like uh, uh, that was in like the uh, Sherlock Holmes universe. He was Mycroft in that too. If you ever saw. Oh, that. he was. He did. I love Sherlock Holmes. I'm a massive Sherlock Holmes fan. It's the so, original fandom. I mean. I'm going to the Sherlock Holmes Museum, <laughs> sir. A lot of people think that that uh, the Tolkien universe is the original fandom, but the Sherlock Holmes one is actually older. So, I tell you what, I just didn't realize that. But I'll always be Tolkien guy, but I'll miss some Sherlock. <laughs> uh, yeah. He, he anyway. He he scene steals everything uh, that he's in. I think and. Uh, he had a lot of screen time this episode because his character's been sitting there for 20 years waiting on this. He has, and he's done a lot of background work and legwork to uh, prep this this moment. And I think Allison realized in this episode how much background work and legwork he was actually doing. And And you know, one of the things that I noticed when I watched this episode the second time, when... Uh, Kristen kills uh, Lord Beesberry, uh, and the um, uh, the Lord Commander like takes his sword out. Um, so it, the moment that that happens, uh, Tylan Lannister like gets up and he gets the fuck out of there. <laughs> like as soon as Steel oh gets drawn, that's amazing. I will have to go back and look at that. Yeah, that scene, it's, he played it like it, it was just the perfect, like, Lannister thing to do. Like, I was I, just going to say, that is so on point for a Lannister. Oh, my gosh. Especially in this era, before Tywin, you know? Because mm -hmm. they were not really known for their bravery or really anything like that at this point. No, no they had a little bit of money. They were like, I guess you would almost call, like, new money. Right, yeah, exactly. That new money. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so the hunt for Aegon gets underway, and uh, you know we've got um, we've got Otto uh, sending out um, both uh, of the uh, of uh, Sir Eric and Sir Eric. I don't know why they named them that, <laughs> because unless you see it on the screen, uh, you have to really pronounce that A <laughs> in order to get anybody to know who you're talking about. Um, right. It, we'll we'll go Arik and Eric. There we go. Um, and and what a lot of people may not have picked up on is that they're brothers, obviously, but they're split. One of them is Team Green, and one is Team Black, very distinctively. Which is perfect, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime like twins are used in that, because they are twins, right? They got to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anytime twins are used in that sort of like dichotomy like that, I think it's usually pretty cool. Um. So, we get them going out on Otto's orders to find Aegon, and then Allison tells um, Aemond and Kristen Cole that, like, they gotta find him and bring him directly to her. And we almost had some bloodshed in the streets uh, over this when they actually managed to find them. And then, of course, Otto, as we talked about, had to get his hands dirty and go see the White Worm himself. Um, I really enjoyed this sort of uh, the hunt for uh, Aegon because they did a good job once again with the score and with the pacing to really build that anxiety of like who's going to get to him first. No, absolutely. Um, you saw a little bit of the city, you know. You, even though my blood just boils at the um, child fighting, but oh man, I'm that sure was, awful. was a, I'm sure it was a thing. Like, and then, you know, the reveal of, of Aegon's little children that are doing that and just I, really made my blood boil. I mean, you know, at least Joffrey had the kindness, uh, I put that in quotes, to just murder Robert's bastards. But no, this guy's got them fighting in a freaking, you know, to the death arena. Aegon's a a sick, sick, sick man. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna have some mad kings, but it just his elevator doesn't go to the top. I I don't know who I like the least in the show. Uh, I actually I take that back. I absolutely do. I fucking hate Kristen Cole. <laughs> oh, absolutely! <laughs> and this episode made me dislike him even more. His comment about the way to speak to a lady or whatever. I was like, are you the same man who called Rhaenyra a spoiled cunt? Right. Excuse my language. After you slept with her and then became like the, like, yeah, it became the epitome of fucking toxic masculinity after you got rejected. Mm -hmm. All because, you know, she wouldn't give up her dragon and the seven kingdoms for you. (laughs) Oh, I despise me some... Some Christian Cole. Um, not a huge fan of. I never say his name right. Laris. Yeah. Either because um, he was the mastermind behind, you know, the death of my my man's yeah. Sir Harwin Strong, but Christian's probably the most hated. I I make this um this reference in a lot of different properties. Um, 
and and it, it holds true here as well. I, I think Aegon and Laris are definitely tied for second in the, the hate list. But the reason that Kristen Cole is the the most hated for me and for a lot of people is very few people know a Laris Strong or know an Aegon Targaryen, but most people know a Kristen Cole. Exactly. That just pompous toxic masculinity like just jerk face and 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 self-righteous exactly always trying to justify what they're doing like what they're doing is the right thing to do and everyone else is wrong and he's willing to sit you down and tell you all the reasons why what he's doing is the right thing yeah i mean it the actor is doing a tremendous job because I just hate him with every fiber of my being. And it never feels forced. Like the stuff that he's doing, it always feels completely natural for this person to say and do this heinous shit. And and it's also for me, like lost possibility. Like he could have been, Oof, he could have been the, the bomb. Yeah. Like, he could have been Rhaenyra's right-hand dude, could have fathered her children, could have been her strength and her backbone, and, and, like, helped her rule. Like, he could have been, he had so much potential, and he falls so short. Yeah, I mean, his devotion to Alicent is... It's weird. It's really weird. Like... I actually felt so bad for her in this episode because, you know, you've got like, like she's, she did it to herself to an extent, right? Because she's, she's very eager to use these people and it's convenient for her. But as a result, like she has picked up some of the creepiest, grimiest fucking people in Westeros. Um, the scene with Laris is hard to watch. It is. Uh, it's a... Uh... <laughs> She was the OG of of uh, selling those feet pics. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know what what uh what murder goes for in the Seven Kingdoms, but I'd say she was getting a good return uh, on on <laughs> on the investment. But she looked so uncomfortable, uh, and I felt so bad for her in that scene. And the way she did it, it was letting you know this isn't the first time. Oh no, she knew like exactly she, what was going on. She knew what to do. She knew what order to go in. She knew when to look away. Yeah, this, I feel like, I feel like this is like the thousandth time. Exactly. She's she's paying dearly for her information and for not getting the blood on her hands. Yeah, I mean immediately she comes into the room, he's in there, and she's like, It's late, Lord Laris, and he goes, I came across something you should know. And, and she just Totally. Her face, yeah, her face immediately goes to horror, though, you know, and she's like, fine, oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, and the thing that makes this, you know, I, I'm, under no circumstances am I trying to kink shame anyone here. Um, that's not the problem. The problem is how it's very evident that he knows that she's super uncomfortable with it and doesn't care. Absolutely, yeah. We don't yuck other people's yums around here, but it's the non-consent that is the problem. Yeah, and in this case, it's coerced consent, which is the same mm-hmm. thing. 
Uh, and that's right, why yeah. he's number two on the hate list right next to Aiken. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, oh, and the, the murder. Uh, the murder is... <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. The murder of his family. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's always got to be somebody in Westeros that enjoys burning people alive, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and it's, it's generally a Targaryen thing, though, you know, Jacaris. But, hey, he said he said he, he's team green. You know, I just want to clarify for everyone, and, and myself, too, the brothel he had burned down, that was where the child arena fighting stuff was happening, right? I believe so, yes. Because it wasn't super clear if it was the, the White Worms facility or if it was that facility. Because either of them really would have made sense. Yeah, but I believe it was the child fighting one. I well, don't believe good. it was the White Worms facility. I can be wrong, so don't don't quote me on this. But I believe that it was because, you know, he's also working with Otto. We found that out, which we kind of probably guessed. Most of them are two-timers, right? right? They're playing all of the fields. So there's a possibility that that was Otto had a hand in that as well. Oh, too true. Too true. Um, so, uh, you know, after they find Aegon and they decide that they're going to crown him and everything, I want to talk about the ride to the Dragon Pit, which I thought was a weird place to have... The ceremony, I get the the symbolism here, and you want to establish that, like, this is the dragon, uh, but uh, maybe not the best place to have it in retrospect. Nah, especially not with Renice on site. Like, yes, you thought you had her locked in the rooms, but you knew she was there. Like, you knew she was on the vicinity. Yeah, maybe make sure next time... <laughs> But Right? Like, double-check her room real quick. But that, you know, the ride on the way there with Allison um, was really interesting because they kept playing up the dagger. And he keeps mm-hmm. looking at it. And I'm like, is he going to kill his mom in this carriage ride? No, that dagger has a name. Um, oh, it's the why cat's paw having... dagger. Thank you, the cat's paw dagger. Um, it is... A very important Targaryen relic. Right. I mean, we we all know that it ends up being the thing that he's used to kill the Night King. Right. And even before that, like, it... For all the way from Aegon the Conqueror, obviously, it has been the King's dagger. Right. So, his whole life, Aegon has heard about this thing, possibly seen it, maybe never seen it in person or up that close. So I think that they were just playing on the importance of this dagger. Right. But yeah, I definitely see what you were saying, like, about now that you mention it. They they definitely put in some tension there. Like, is he about to just... I guess, having read the books, I knew that wasn't going to happen. But as somebody who maybe didn't know, they definitely made made it seem like he may have. Yeah, because at this point, I mean, they've done a good job of, of like, they've told us a lot about how depraved he is, like, but it's all off screen. We haven't seen him, like, torture anyone like Joffrey or anything, but I feel like it's coming. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's hard to say because they've left out some really kind of big things from the book, so I don't know how they're going to play this one. 
I'm not going to lie, compared to Game of Thrones, at this point, it's a little diet, if that makes sense, as far as violence. You know what I mean? So as I'm not far sure as if they're the, making... The violence and the sex position, too. <laughs> exactly. So I'm not sure if they are trying to make this one a little less violent, maybe a little more broad spectrum for the people. Like I told you, I think, I don't know if I texted it to you or we talked about it in the first episode, but I got my mom and my stepdad who hate Game of Thrones watching House of Dragon. And they're thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah, they're thoroughly enjoying it. And I just don't know. Maybe they're trying to reach a wider audience with this one, but it is not the level of violence, debauchery, cutting people's genitalia off that we have come to expect of Game of Thrones. And one of the things I think about that, so like for one, you know, there's there's always, you have to worry about escalation, right? So if you go straight to that in the first season, because Game of Thrones really didn't either. I mean, season one, they did burn the uh, the kind of witch doctor lady alive. But that wasn't, like, gory. They didn't focus on it. Like, it was in the background, you know. Uh, and then True. Uh, they also poured the gold on Viserys II's head, which mm-hmm. was pretty brutal. It but, was, but you heard more than you saw. Right. It was in the later seasons when they got into, like, you know, Ramsey Bolton and everything yeah. he was doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that now that you bring that up, yeah... Game of Thrones season one was pretty, pretty not super violent. So maybe they are going to escalate this. Do, do we know how many seasons they've signed on for? Uh, I think George R. R. Martin is quoted saying that it's five seasons to tell the story properly. Um, I'm sure HBO will let them do, you know, 70 if they want, but they won't. Um uh, so I think I think we will probably get either four or five seasons with that many seasons. Um, then yeah, we could we could see some pretty sick stuff from Aegon, but it will not be for a little bit. Yeah, I I, I mean at least they, next season. Yeah, they can't come out season one and go, no. you know, here's all this violence and gore and stuff because then you have nowhere to escalate to. Mm-hmm. So you can't give them There's- everything. I'll text you about a wicked scene that's going to possibly come out. I would probably say, judging by the pace, I would guess about season three. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm all about it. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, So we get this coronation scene. and And I feel like I'm missing something. But I'm really not like we don't see any uh any of like uh Rhaenyra or Damon or anybody in this episode. It was actually I think it's the most focused episode. I would agree on that, and I think that it takes like the least amount of time transitions in this episode as well. Is yeah. is like it is like a fortnight. It's like maybe two days max right. from the start of this episode to the end of this episode. Right, and it all takes place mostly right there in the castle, and um, yeah, the 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 crowning scene is missing a little something. I really liked um when the guards 
came up into formation because there was a half of a second where I was like, who's walking through that door? Right. Like, is there a daemon coming to F stuff up? <laughs> but then you get that view of Aegon and you're like, okay, this is coronation. It would have been amazing if like they had shown like the shadow at the door and they like pan over and it's like Lord Corliss. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really hoping they didn't kill him off screen. Don't spoil it if if you know something, but like I'm just really, really hoping that they didn't kill him off screen because he was so cool of a character. Yeah, um, I honestly couldn't spoil it because I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they're going to play this one. Um, I know like what the book says about his character, but I, I, I'm not sure. As we've seen with, uh, especially with the Valarians, uh, the book may not know everything. Exactly. <laughs> they 100% could go a completely different route as well. I saw a TikTok that was absolutely fantastic. It was like a um, young lady who was pretending to be at the coronation. And um, <laughs> she was like, like, I'll have to send you the TikTok, but she was like, who are they crowning? That boy? I thought the daughter was supposed to be the, the queen. And she's like, you know her husband's crazy. And I was like, just dying. I'll have to send it to you. <laughs> you gotta send that to me, because I want to see it. I, all the memes. I love, I love how, like, nothing spawns the memes like, you know, a Game of Thrones show. It's like within an hour of House of the Dragon going off, there's memes everywhere about that. There's memes, there's TikToks, there's, if you don't watch it as soon as it comes on, you better stay off the internet. And, you know, other than doing these reviews, that's like one of the reasons why I'm, you know, like, I was was in town um, this weekend, thankfully, and so I got to watch it right as it came out and then the finale next week i'm not going to be in town so i already know exactly i am going to have to completely stay off the internet until i get home thank you for reminding me of where you're going to be next weekend because i totally would have been texting you through that episode no i mean someone else would have reminded me but I'll have to let everybody I know that that watches it be like, I'm not going to be able to watch the finale live. Don't message me. (laughs) Are you going to do a 1 a.m. watch or are you going to wait until the next day, do you think? Oh, no, I won't be able to wait. There's no way. There's no way. So um, pretty much everyone who's been a guest on this show to talk about this will messages me during the episode. So I'm, I'm I'm letting all of you know right now that I'm not going to be able to watch it live. Um, uh, well, fa- sorry, go ahead. Um, you got to message me. I don't care if it's three, four in the morning. You got to give me your first reaction. I will. I will. Okay. I, you know, judging by the previews, there's probably going to be a lot of reactions. Yeah, I'm really excited to see where they go with this finale. Because, like I said, while yeah, I have a general idea. I don't know what they're going to do or what they're going to stop. If they're going to switch something up from the books, like a major thing or how far they're going to take the finale and what next season's going to start with. I don't know any of that information. So every episode is still a surprise to me. Right. You know, one of my favorite things about this coronation is like 
when they're done with all the formalities and they're like King Aegon the second, blah blah blah, and there's like no reaction. And oh, then so good. Yeah, and then uh like Kristen yells something like Long live King Aegon or something like that, and there's like a small like smattering of applause, you know, that and then slow clap. Yeah, and then everyone's just kinda like, Yeah but this gives uh Renice the um the opportunity to slip down into the depths of the dragon pit and I immediately knew what was going on because uh Helena had said there's a beast beneath the boards and she had this was the second time that she said it. She said it in the last episode, I believe, and then she said it again in this episode. She is gonna be your and I know there's been a lot of comparisons. But she's going to be your Luna Lovegood-esque, um, like, for Warner, if you would. Yeah. Uh, I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, she has a lot of, um, like, the gift of sight and things like that. Right. But because she's not, because her elevator, once again, doesn't go to the top. Um, people just kind of don't listen to her. Right. Yeah, uh, so what is it, um, who is the original, uh, who was it that had the original vision uh, that got Aegon to leave? Was that, uh, was that the original, like, uh, Renice the First that she's named after? I believe so. Yeah, I think it's man, one of his sisters, making... yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, man, you're making me rack my lore brain. <laughs> Um, we are yeah, all about that, the lore here. Oh, who are you telling? Yeah, that definitely that that would jive. Yeah, I think it was, but but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that kind of like gift of foresight or whatever is something that's in the Valyrian line as well, and specifically the Targaryen one because they're the only ones who foresaw the doom. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I mean, it's got to be something specific to them. Um, right, right. It's one of the many reasons that I love the Targaryens so much is they are a people of a lot of lore and foresight visions. Um right. just you gotta be a certain type of person to ride a dragon. I've just always been, even you know, in the Game of Thrones time period, always been Team Targaryen. Um, Jon Snow was one of my favorite characters for a while in the books. So when it was revealed who he was, I was like, now if that doesn't, if that doesn't like literally fall in line with everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like, you know, maybe book readers had that put together way before the show even started. But I feel like anybody who was watching the show, like, you could always tell who, like, a past about season five, if you didn't know about John, then it was just like, you're a casual and not paying attention. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, absolutely. There was hints. There were signs. Yeah, all over the place. Uh, all over the place. My my kind of favorite one is when they go back to Winterfell the first time. Not to go off on this tangent, but here we are. Uh, and uh, uh, Sansa is in the crypts with Littlefinger, and they're standing in front of um, um, what was her, what was her name? Uh, Liana. Uh, they're standing in front of her, you know, crypt or whatever. And then she she talks about the whole like Rhaegar kidnapped her and everything, and the look 
that Littlefinger gives her right in that moment where you like know that he knows that that, that is the official statement, but that it's bullshit. Um, that is one of my favorite scenes. Me too. Um, yeah. In that season. Yeah. Well, probably agreed. in that show, to be yeah. honest. Um, but I really liked the actor who did Littlefinger. I mean, I know Me we're, we're getting on a tangent here. That's what we do around here. I know that scene is so good. And that's really, I feel like the first real obvious clue. Right. That there's something else going on. And I really hope we see more of their story. Like, um, I would like to see the linear in them. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I there's keep a, seeing that they're going to do like a Jon Snow show, but I, I don't know if that's confirmed. I, I think that is confirmed, but I don't think, uh, or at least it's in development. It's not like 100%, but um, I, I think they are going to do it. Um, and uh, I don't know. Like, it, that show needs to give me some sort of reason for him to have been resurrected. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to get off on that tangent. Because we've we've avo- avoided it most of this season, uh, so I don't want to. <laughs> uh, but I, what I do want to talk about, however, is I want to talk about this final scene that we get here because it was so incredible. Uh, we finally got to see Renice like show, kind of uh, bare her teeth, pun intended, a little bit here. Uh, she bursts up out of the floor during the coronation, and a lot of people got killed. A lot did. And we glossed over it a little bit, um, but her speech with Alicent, where she's talking about how Alicent isn't living for herself, isn't, you know, she's constantly catering to the men in her life. And she, she makes that great statement about how she's just looking to build a window in her prison. I loved that line so oh, it was much. so good. Um, and I think Renice flying in like she did really kind of stuck it to Alicent that was like, no, this is how you act. This is queenly shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that line, uh, you know, it gave me chills when I first heard it, and it may be one of my favorite lines in the in the season. I mean, it was just, it was top-notch. I mean... It was good. It's not my favorite line of the season. season. I have a special line that... That I just love because I'm such a Damon Stan, but it was a good line. Well, what is it? Don't don't keep us waiting. Oh, the line that I love so much is when yeah. um, Damon says to the King, he's like, "I gave up my crown." How's the line go? I gave up my crown, and he said, "I could have anything I want. I want Rhaenyra wed right, her right. to me." That's the line, buddy. Yeah, that was a great one too. Yeah. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah, this, I mean, the way that uh, that she delivered this one just really stuck with me. So, um, yeah, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And we were all screaming another Damon line, say it, say it. Yes. Because <laughs> we all wanted that Jacaris. But then, once again, it would have kind of ended the show a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, everybody was just like, fucking just say it. But, 
I love like she looks at Allison, and I think this is the. I think this is probably why them playing Allison the way they have was so good. Because if the viewers don't feel at least a little bit sorry for her, then there's like no excuse for why Renice doesn't just burn them all. I mean, obviously, like she doesn't want to. To her knowledge, like she doesn't know anything about Amond or anything about um, Helena being involved in this like to her knowledge they're innocent Mm -hmm. so burning them alive probably not the best deal she's Um, just had that moment with allison like right in the last 24 hours and and she looks down there and she sees a mother defending her child there's a super powerful moment where allison kind of looks up at her and then just closes her eyes because she's like she thinks she's gonna do it yeah and she's just kind of taken her lot She's like, okay, this is where it's at for me. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's that's kind of how it goes from here. It's like, you know, a lot of people in, you know, were sitting there just like, say it, say it. But she doesn't do it. Like, her morality gets the better of her. And I've seen a lot of chatter online about this where it's like, you know, why didn't she, you know, she could have ended the show right here, you know. And I'm just like... Yeah, it's not that easy. It's not because if you're if your argument is that your protagonist should have no morality, then ha- why are they the protagonist again? You know, one hundred percent. I mean, it's it's easy to be like, oh, I would have just burned them all alive, like, but then she wouldn't be Renice. You know right. what I mean? She wouldn't yeah, be but- who she was. She wouldn't be the grandmother that she was, she knows loss. She's just lost two children of her own. Right. And, and not only that, I mean, this is her family that's up there. You know, this is her, mm-hmm. her, um, Cousin, nephews, nephews, cousins, everything, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, yeah, I mean, for, for her to have done that, um, you know, she would have to be pretty cold, you know, to pull that off. So I just, I, I completely understand, and I love that like her morality got the better of her, and that she didn't do it. Because if she did, then this show would be over already. Right, right. I mean, it would have been it would have been nice for her to have just clipped somebody, but you know. <laughs> if if uh, is it is it Maylis? Is that how the dragon's name is pronounced? Yeah, Maylis. If only like Maylis could have just you know very like gently reached in there and just kind of. Snipped a- a- Aegon and Kristen Cole out, out. exactly like <laughs> them with our big toe. <laughs> just left everyone else alive, you know. But then a- it would have been Aemond on the throne, and I think he would have been a much more formidable appoint- opponent for Rhaenyra than than Aegon. Very true. Um, I think we're going to get to see what Team Black is going to do in the next episode. Absolutely. Uh, they are going to be pissed. Damon especially. Yeah. For sure. Um, like I said, I can't wait I can't wait to send you that TikTok because just the way the girl's like, and her husband's crazy. I imagine that's probably what the people really are thinking. They're like, don't mess with Rhaenyra because when you mess with Rhaenyra, her husband comes. Right. Yeah. And, and they don't want that smoke. They don't. And now they have like um, the second biggest dragon. So yeah, uh, and and they have Caraxes. 
who yeah. may not be the biggest dragon, but he's the most pissed. He, oh, for <laughs> shit. <laughs> he's like, nah. <laughs> he's like, I may not be the biggest dragon in Westeros, but I'm definitely the most pissed off dragon in Westeros. Absolutely. Because most of the uh, dragons are like very like, they're almost played kind of like, uh, you know, like any of the more docile like dinosaurs from like Jurassic Park. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you don't want to piss them off, but they're not inherently violent. But every time you see Caraxes, he's like, I wish a motherfucker would. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I really, I wish Martin talked a little bit more about the actual dragons. Um, one of the things that I love about going back to the very beginning of this, what we were talking about in Priory, is that um, Samantha Shannon gives the dragons a lot of personality and um, talks about like their thought processes. And in fact, they do speak a language. Um, and it would be really cool if the dragons in this could speak even High Valerian or something so we could like let him tell some people off. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things where that I, that was one of the things I'm really looking forward to uh, in the Aragon show that will hopefully be very good. Uh, th- I think the only thing that they really truly nailed in the movie is Safira's voice, um, and that would have been something very very cool to have. I hope they they are able to find a really good voice actress for her in the show as well. I have not seen the movie. It got such bad reviews and I enjoyed the book so much. Don't do it. That I haven't seen the movie. It's not worth it. (laughs) But the the voice is what I hear when I read her dialogue in my head. Um, it It was spot on, but that is the extent of... Anything positive I really have to say about that movie. They cast Bromwell. I'll, I'll give them that too. But that's it. That's the whole list. <laughs> Man, it's a short list. <laughs> it's a real short list. I mean, uh, I know uh, quite a few people that have read those books and refused to watch it. Because I'm just like, look, don't suffer through it. They turn the Urgles into a biker gang. And like, that's Ooh. all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not. they're not these like Minotaur type creatures. They're like... A caveman biker game. Yeah, anyway, we don't we don't want to go down that down that tangent either. <laughs> Speaking of the finale, we have a lot planned here for it. We uh we've got to figure out a time that everybody's available. But I'm hoping to have uh, yourself and two other guests return to, and for us to do sort of a panel type deal uh, for the finale. And I'm really excited about it. I know. I'm I'm super excited too. I I'm a little nervous because unless it's one or maybe two other people, there'll be people I've never met um on the panel. So At least one of them nervous. will be somebody that you know. In okay, fantastic. Maybe Yay. both of them though. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Um just I mean, you know me. I'm an anxious little thing. So I was like, oh no, panel. I don't know these people. From a host perspective, though, it'll be very easy for me because then I like with that many people on, all I will be doing is going, "Hey, so this happened," and then I just let everyone talk. So <laughs> there you go. You don't have to. You got to keep us on topic, but you know. that's it. Yeah, I've become less of a host and more of a moderator at that point, point. <laughs> uh, and I feel like exactly. there's going to be a ton to unpack. 
Oh, for sure. Absolutely, for sure. I'm I'm so excited for this finale. I haven't been this excited for a finale in a long time. I'm pumped. I, I'm really uh, hyped about it, too. I'm hyped about the, to watch it. I'm hyped to do the review. Um, that being said, I think that pretty much wraps up this one. So out of, on a scale of one to ten, like, where are you, uh, where are you ranking this one? Mm, as an episode, I yeah. would probably put it, let's see, the last episode that I reviewed with you was at episode three. Yes. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I gave episode three and nine. I think you did. I think that's correct. Um, 8.5. This was an 8.5 for you. Interesting. This so was an 8.5. I was missing some key characters that I genuinely care about in the show, and I would have liked just even a little something. Got it. I um Still I, a solid I, 9 overall for the season, though. I'm 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 very comfortable putting the season at a nine. I would not have said that before this episode, um, because I really, really detest episode six, um, which is the first one where they you know aged up the, the actors. Um, I liked that episode. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't know if you uh, if you've heard the review. My buddy Joe came on and like I was at the beach for that episode, so we reviewed six and seven together. And I think we spent ten minutes tops talking about episode six. Like we just went right past it because we both like did not like it at all. I think I gave it a six point five or a seven. Um, wow, that really surprises me. Yeah, but. but th- this episode, though, I'm giving it a 9.5. It's my 9. favorite. 5. Okay. Um, I think my favorite episode is still going to be... I think my favorite episode is going to be uh, the funeral episode. Mm. Yeah, um, uh, with, uh, with Lena? Mm-hmm. Lena's that- funeral episode and the um, Damon Ernero wedding at the end. The, the character work in that episode was stellar. Um, amazing um and it was the first time i really got to see the kids and um got to know them i could pick them out by their name and their personality the whole deal with um you know Eamon losing the eye and like that scene at the end it's like he gave up the eye but he gained you know immeasurable the dragon and allison's threats with the dagger that episode was just that was a dang near 10 episode for me that line that Rhaenyra drops there like the now they see you for who you are Mm -hmm. I mean you could tell it 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 cut Alicent you know like Alicent might have got the dagger swing in but Rhaenyra is the one that got the deepest cut for sure a thousand percent a thousand eight was really good too though eight was so good to me so I digress. Um, <laughs> I haven't had a bad episode yet, really. Um, no, no, I haven't had an episode that I didn't like. Yeah, the my favorite prior to this episode was definitely the very first episode because I thought it was stellar. And the biggest issue that I've had with this season overall is the way that they have handled the time jumps. And so now that we probably won't do that anymore, I I think that the show is on its way up from here. The only time they could possibly do a time jump would maybe be like season one to two, but I don't think so 
like they would have to skip some some big stuff um i'll have to text you about it off off here but there's some things coming up well there you have it um so we're we are definitely looking forward to next week then uh lauren thank you once again for coming on the show absolutely i can talk targaryens all day (laughs) i know and you have such a deep like book knowledge of this i think you're one of the only people i know that has like a a a much deeper knowledge of this world than i do so it's always good to have you on and like hear your thoughts you know based off of the things you've read and and your knowledge of the world so i appreciate that yet again and i encourage everybody to check out your youtube channel and uh, and get more of that Next week on Monday, I'll be reviewing Fire and Blood slash compared to how I'll be doing a comparison video, if you would, in honor of our um, season finale week. I'll be doing a Fire and Blood slash House of Dragons and talking about some of the biggest differences and some of the biggest similarities. Well, I definitely encourage everyone who's listening to this to absolutely check that out. Um, because I will definitely be watching that. <laughs> so, well, uh, thanks for the support. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I said, I'm going to put a link to your channel, uh, in the uh, description. So you guys can definitely, uh, check that out. And, uh, until next week, uh, this has been an evolved review. <laughs>